Hi, welcome to Siblinghood of Recovery. Hi, how are you? Angie Reno here. My voice is a little bit uh, raspy because I just went to a high school playoff game and it was so much fun. It was just amazing. So bear bear with me on that one. And um, also, I've been doing a lot of thinking about my approach to the podcast. You got to understand, I have never, ever, ever done a podcast before in my entire life. And the reason I'm doing this is because my son, who is challenged with SUDs, has totally changed my life for the better. He has given me a door to do my own work, which is what I want to talk about today. He's also given me an opportunity to see how I'm parenting, which benefits my youngest. And I'm so excited about that because I can tell there's like so many situations now that I'm handling better with my youngest that I did, I would not have handled well with my oldest. And I, it's everything I can do not to feel bad about that, about that growth because I have to stay in today. I have to stay in the 24 hour increment and recognize that as a family, as a family unit, that we're getting better, we're getting stronger. We're able to handle this stuff that kind of is uncomfortable to handle sometimes. And honestly, I would not have that if my firstborn didn't have that challenge with SUDs, the acronym SUDs for substance use disorder. And I use that instead of addiction because that is the trend of the industry. And it doesn't, it doesn't have a broad brush. An SUD becomes a little bit more specific and it allows whoever's talking about that challenge, that substance use disorder to say, in addition to, I also have anxiety or depression. And that's why I'm not going to speak to a lot of mental health disorders because I'm not there as a parent experiencing it. I have a lot of friends that are. And the support that I offer is me, you know, hey, I'm here to listen. But providing expertise, no way, I I can't do it. You know, I hate this phrase, but I'm going to use it because I do. I actually stay in my lane. Now, listening is completely different. You can stay in your lane and offer somebody love and support and an ear. That's just, that's a, a world of difference. It's not the advice that comes through just telling a story and and telling somebody about your experience. Yeah. So there's another thing that I was thinking about too, uh, not during the football game, (laughs) maybe during halftime, because I do tend to think about like four or five things all at once, which isn't good. And I think I might've passed that down, but um, I don't, I don't have enough experience yet with podcasting to say, Hey, you know, check out my site, check out my Instagram, uh, be sure to contact me. Although honestly, if you did write me an email, I would probably say, number one, find a licensed therapist. Number two, find a step meeting in your area. And number three, go to the samhsa.gov site. <laughs> so I don't know how much help. I think I probably should just do a 
an automatic reply on that one because I'm not, I'm not a therapist. I'm not practicing in any specific mental health realm, any kind of SUD realm. I'm not. I'm just a mom telling a story. And I'm just a mom saying, hey, don't think if you're listening to this podcast and you're at wit's end and you're deep in the chaos, don't even think about isolating yourself. Don't do it. That's what I'm here to do. That's that's my biggest, hugest, if that's a word, my most huge message to anybody who's listening. You're not alone. Find your community. So another thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to start talking about evoke therapy. I went to a finding you intensive. And if you can start listening to Dr. Brad Weedy's podcasts, I'll put a link in my show notes. Please start doing that. This individual and the team that he is surrounded by, and some of the, those team members are his family. They're incredible. And they've been there, done that, and they're helping people get better. So I want to definitely mention that as a resource and get that on your radar sooner rather than later. And why I'm mentioning this is because the day that you put your child into treatment, that's the day, honestly, when the work begins and the work begins on yourself. Okay, maybe take one night (laughs) and get a good night's sleep, but really you have a very tight, short window to start taking in information. And the episodes that I put out, they're short, concise. There's a lot of links in there because you're going to have to start digging in, self-educating, self-learning, building your resources, building the people, building your entire team that's going to help you get better. And I'm not talking about full therapy treatment for you, although it'd be great if you can get it. I'm talking about resources, starting to read, starting to listen to, I mentioned your earlier, Dr. Brad Reedy's Evoke Therapy podcast. It is available to anyone who can search it up on the internet. But the day you put your child in treatment is the day you got to start doing your work. The best thing you can offer your child when they get out of treatment is a better you. Hands down, 100%. The chaos that you just closed the door on when your child enters treatment, there's no guarantee that that chaos is not going to come back. But if you do your work, if you dig in and you start finding what's going on inside you, what are the triggers that you have when you get mad, when you get angry, when you get hurt, where that pain comes from, if you can start digging in and finding that and dealing with that, you're going to offer them a better individual when they come out and they look at you, right? And if you're working with a really good treatment team, they're going to be talking to your child about individualism, which includes who they are and how they as a self can look at the world around them. And that includes you when they come home. So the chaos that I left and the chaos that my son left and and that and part of the the chaos that my son left when he went into treatment was the chaos I created it will start to fade because you both have some space 
And there's some time that you can start understanding why the chaos was created in the first place. So yeah, the day your child walks through those doors is the day that the really true, hard self-work, it has to begin. So another thing that I was thinking of, and and, and this was after the game, <laughs> I promise. But another thing that I was thinking of is as soon as you can, go to the free step programs. If you feel or if somebody reflects upon you that, hey, you know, there's a lot of enmeshment with you and your child, go to a CODA. If you know that part of um, battle was maybe you're a child of an alcoholic, you know, go to Al-Anon. Again, I've said this before in previous episodes, what happens when you walk into those rooms, you do all of a sudden have people who have been where you are, and usually they have been through very similar situations. The situations may be those that you experience in childhood, not even what you are experiencing as a parent. For me personally, I began to get areas where I needed to do the work. So I go through the step program. I go through my higher power. I had, I had a really tough time with a higher power. I have found a beautiful church in my neighborhood. And, uh, ironically, I'd been there about five years ago and I, I couldn't connect. I couldn't, I couldn't feel that power. And now I'm there and, you know, it's just a beautiful thing. But the higher power is defined by you. And that is another great thing about the 12-step program is that nobody's going to tell you how to believe, how to relate to your higher power. And that's going to bring you a sense of, again, individualism. And that will also bring you a feeling of engaging in whatever your higher power is with something that feels safe to you. More work that can be done as the treatment center is working with your child is listening, listening to what they are seeing and listening to what they are reflecting back to your child. Family therapy, family therapy sessions, they're, they're not always pleasant in the beginning. And your child might be really mad, really angry. And that's okay. That's okay. You might feel anger too. All these emotions that you're feeling, you're feeling them. And it's okay. It's okay to feel. The work comes in identifying those emotions, expressing how you feel, finding out why you're feeling them. That's where the work comes in. And then there is the self-agency and the self-regulation and the self-efficacy, like I've talked about in previous episodes. And it's not just for your child. It's for you too. What is your self-agency? You know, so doing the work for me to create this podcast, because I got a platform. I don't know who listens to it. One, five, two, three. I'm so, I'm so positive. <laughs> I'm listing under five listeners. But uh, yeah, I don't know how many people are listening to this. But at the end of the day, as soon as you put your child in treatment, you got to start doing your own work. So there's two things that I want to leave you with before I end this podcast. The first one is about trauma and memories. I'm not going to go into this at a neuroscience level. And instead, I'm going to provide a link to a Huberman Lab podcast entitled Dopamine, Serotonin, 
and time perception. And why this ties in, because it talks about healing trauma. It's uh, the great thing about the Huberman Lab is it's so long that they actually have to give you <laughs> timestamps. So look for the one that is about at 44, 44.38, and it's entitled Trauma, Overl- Overclocking and Memories and Adjusting Rates of Experience. And, and it does go into at a 50-minute point why trauma involves dopamine and epinephrine. So yeah, I'm not even going to tackle that. But the good news when you listen to this is you can kind of understand at a scientific level how trauma can be healed, how those memories can be healed. And my favorite layman's term in that podcast is you can divorce yourself from the trauma within that memory. And that's part of the process. That's part of the work that you're going to do when your child is in treatment. The other thing that I want to leave you with is your North Star. My North Star when uh, my son just went into treatment was learning self-education, finding out what I can do to support him. And within a couple of months, my North Star changed to become a healthier me. So I will leave you a couple of links in the show notes as well about how our North Star changes. I believe it was uh, Polaris in the 90s, and it's, I think it's going to change to Vega. So again, I'm, I'm not an astrophysicist, but what I do like about it is that when you start healing yourself, your North Star changes from your kid being the focus to you being the focus to you getting better. And that's the best thing you can do for your child. All right, I'm going to wrap it up here, trying to get better at uh, what I can offer in regards to the big, huge internet of the world. I'm on Instagram, Siblinghood of Recovery, my website, www.siblinghoodofrecovery.com. As always, I strongly encourage attending a 12-step program, getting licensed therapeutic support, and finding your people. Try to find the people out there who can understand you, who can hear you, who can support you, who can listen to you. And always remember, it's so true. You're not alone. All right. Talk to you later.